testing. This is a Workwear's Lifestyle Podcast with Anna and Sarah. <laughs> that would be so annoying if you actually talked like that. I don't think we could be friends. <laughs> My name is Anna. <laughs> Can you talk in cursive like that? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> I was literally just singing that. Not in my head yeah. just now, but like earlier. I think it was yesterday. Or I don't remember, but it was recent. I say it a lot, but the thing is when I say it, I usually mean it. Yeah, like, it's I'm actually, true. I'm like, we need like, that. I'm like, Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm like, help. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome back to a Worship Warriors podcast. Um, Thanks for joining us. This is an exciting episode because oh, yeah. this is our first um, Christmas special episode. We're going to have a special Christmas episode every Monday this month of December. So we'll have four special episodes and it's going to be over four different topics um, for Advent. And Anna is going to kind of tell us a little thing. She's going to read something about Advent and then we'll get started. So this is from Christianity.com um, and it says that the word Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus meaning coming which translates to the Greek word, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Perusia? I'm going to go with that. So it says that Advent symbolizes the church's present situation in these last days as God's people wait for the return of Christ and glory to consummate his eternal kingdom. The church is in a similar situation to Israel at the end of the Old Testament. We're in exile, waiting and hopeful, hoping in prayer, full expectation for the coming of the Messiah. Israel looked back to God's past gracious actions on their path in leading them out of Egypt and the Exodus, and on this basis, they called for God once again to act for them. In the same way, the church, that's us, during Advent, looks back upon Christ's coming in celebration, while at the same time looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people. Mm. Um, to balance the two elements of remembrance and anticipation, the first two Sundays in Advent look forward to Christ's second coming, and the last two Sundays look backward to remember, to remember Christ's first coming. Hmm. Yeah, which I didn't know that. I didn't either. So, there's more if you want to go look up that article, but that's just the main gist of what Advent is. Cool. Well, um, so today's is hope. Um, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, we didn't really discuss how we were going to go about this. No, we didn't. <laughs> Like the Holy Spirit, he'll yeah. unite our hearts. Um, well, Anna and words. I have prepared a couple things, so we have no idea what each other is going to talk about. Mm-mm. Um, we didn't go as far as I understood from what she did tell me. Neither one of us went into extensive detail, but we did do like a quick no, little, that's true. yeah, quick little, almost like a devotional observation type thing. Um, over today's topic of hope, and then we have prepared ahead of time. We've asked a few people, um. What their opinion, like, we asked them two questions. We'll go over it. I guess we can do that at the end of the podcast. Um, we asked them two questions about hope. And so we're going to read their answers for that just to ponder on because they might have some good answers. Um, do you want to go first for me? <laughs> so we just, no. we should have discussed I don't this. know. I am nervy. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Do you have a Bible or anything on there that you could look at? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for me, I just kind of had this um statement that god put on my mind and so i just kind of went based on that off of that statement um so the statement is 
Hope comes from listening for God's voice and walking in obedience to what he says. And the reason that we, you know, I can see that is because if you read through the Christmas story in both Matthew and Luke, you can see that Mary listened to God and walked in obedience. You see that Joseph listened to God and walked in obedience. You see that the wise men listened to God and walked in obedience. And you see that the shepherds listened to God and walked in obedience. And hope came from all of that. Yeah. And so the whole entire, what we call the Christmas story from, you know, from Mary finding out that she's going to be pregnant, from Joseph finding out and, you know, and being obedient to God and that and staying with Mary, even though, you know, that was kind of a scary thing for him, you know, back in the day whenever he wasn't the father. And then also to the wise men, to the shepherds, to every aspect of the Christmas story, there is hope. And I feel like I didn't really, like, obviously, I feel like that's something like, oh, yeah, we know that. But then really looking at each of the main, quote unquote, main characters, even, I mean, it sounds like it's fake, but you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, main characters of what happened, um, you know, and then there's an additive, a bonus in there. But, um, you know, I could have looked at Jesus as well. But, um, which I kind of did, but in this, I kind of just felt led to do the, the people that are talked about the most. Yeah. Whenever we talk about the Christmas story, aside from Jesus. So I'm just gonna, basically, it's really simple. I'm just gonna read scripture on each person that I mentioned. And, um, we're gonna just kind of look at how they were obedient to God. And then I thought that Anna and I could kind of wing it after that and discuss how hope came from that. Yeah. Um, does that sound good? Mm -hmm. So the first one is we'll go to... I think we'll start with Mary. So Mary listened to God and walked in obedience. So if you go to Luke 1, 26 through 38 and 45. So we're going to kind of jump around. We're not going to read the whole thing every time. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb... First of all, stop. That's like one of my favorite verses of all time. Verse 30, where it says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mm. To be someone who God finds favor in yeah. to that degree would be amazing. Okay, moving on. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So, for the second and the last passage that I have for Mary is um, Luke 2, 17 through 19. And it's talking about um, the first verse that I'm going to read here, it says, and when they saw it, this is talking about the shepherds, um, seeing Jesus and Mary and Joseph whenever Jesus was born or after Jesus was born. And it says, and when they, the shepherds saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Okay. So my first thoughts just real quick and then Anna you can kind of if you have anything you don't have to say anything if you don't have anything but my first thoughts and I didn't write anything down I'm just going to kind of wing it for this is first of all 
if an angel came to me when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. never, you know, have never doing the deed, like I'm a virgin, you know, and they said, you're going to have a baby inside of you. Yeah. First of all, not even talking about the Messiah part yet, like who he is, just like that alone. You know, I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with this angel? Like, what is happening and why me of all people? And, you know, and then also like the whole, you know, the angel saying that God has found favor with me. I mean, I feel like it's just, Mary must not have had much anxiety, if any, because (laughs) if it were me listening to this or Anna, I'd be like overwhelmed and about to have a panic attack Mm -hmm. by just processing everything that this angel had said. And so, you know, that's why not, Mary was highly favored. That's why knowledge. Mary was <laughs> the one that was chosen and not me and Anna. <laughs> oh, that's one of the many reasons. But no, like just that alone is astounding to me. And I'm not saying she, I mean, maybe she did have a bit of anxiousness because that is a big deal, obviously, to mm-hmm. be told that, especially by an angel that just appeared out of nowhere. But um, I don't know, like maybe she did, but it obviously wasn't so great that they needed to mention that she had a panic attack in the Bible or something right, like right. that. You know, like, it didn't well, mention she that does. she was nervous. I mean, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mention that she was super anxious right? In anything. fact, at the end of Luke chapter 1, like, she breaks out into a song of praise. Right, yes. And I did skip that for this, but I did think about putting some stuff in there, but I didn't feel it too. Yeah. But, yeah, no. So, anyway, and then and then the next part of it is, um, you know, her being told who, it, what, ba- what this baby is going to be one day, who he is. Yeah. Like... That's obviously the biggest deal of all out of all of it. So, I mean, there's a lot of little things to just think about through this as you think about Mary and, like, her character. Yeah. Um, that you may not see on the surface, but if you just really ponder what could go through your head at all, like, and then what is revealed about Mary in this, just in this one conversation with this angel. You know, and so anyway, so that's the first part. Um, And then the next part, my observation about Mary before we go into the hope part of this is... Um, in Luke chapter 2, that, the 17 through 19, um, it says that when the shepherds told her what they had been told by the angel and everything, um, whenever the angel encountered them, um, she, it says, where did it go? But Mary treasured up all these things that they had said to her mm-hmm. and pondering them in her heart. The fact that it just says that she quietly pondered this, it doesn't even say that she told Joseph any excitement yeah. that she had. Like, I'm sure she did, but like... For this specifically, what the shepherds were saying. It says she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. It doesn't say, you know, it, it just kind of makes it sound like she kept it to herself. She just wanted to yeah. chew on it, you know, for a bit and really meditate on it and feel the peace and blessings of what is happening with her life right now. Yeah. And who her son is. And um, so I don't know. So there's, you know, the character of Mary. But then, so that just kind of shows you that because she was obedient and just said, Okay, God, or okay, angel, you know, and the angel told her that, like, okay, let it be so, you know, whatever you just said, let it happen, you know, if that's what God wants, and then what? look what came from it, you know, look what came from her just listening to God through this angel, Mm -hmm. look what came from it, and, you know, all of the fact that Jesus saved the whole world. Okay, so I don't know where I left off, because we had to stop for a minute, but, um... I think I finished my thought for that part. Um, but then my next thought that I actually just thought of while I was talking um, was the hope that Mary gives to other Christians. Mm-hmm. Because now we know that it is possible for us to, not that Mary was perfect, but like 
she's a really good example, even just the little bit that we do know about her. Yeah. Of how to be Christ-like in many ways. Because, like I said, God found favor with her. So much so that he literally entrusted her with his only son. Like, the yeah. son of God. And I, I mean, that alone just, even if we didn't know anything else about Mary... And all we knew was that she was the mother of Jesus and God found favor with her. And then we knew nothing. Like, we weren't told anything about her pondering on those things that the shepherd said in in her heart or anything else as, you know, the gospels go on. If we hear anything of her, you know, or read anything about her, like, even if we didn't know anything else, that just kind of shows you that she is someone to look up to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe personally that she's one of the ones that we should look up to the most with the little bit we know about her. Yeah. Because of who she is and why God chose her. And so, yeah, and then, so it gives us hope as Christians that, because sometimes I, I mean, I definitely feel like, and I've heard this from others, I actually heard this from someone recently, um, just in the past, like, month, it, it was pretty recent, and if, I feel like a lot of people feel this as well, um, as Christians, it's hard, so hard to turn away from temptation at times. That we feel like it's not possible to be Christ-like. Yeah. Because that's so hard to do for us. It is. And so the fact that Mary did this and found favor with God to this extent, it gives us hope that we really can do it. It's just going to be hard and we have to rely on God. Like, we can't do it alone, obviously. I'm not saying this is on us and that there's hope that we can be great. I'm saying there's hope that we can be great in God, like in who he is because he's inside of us. By his spirit. Yeah. And so that gives us a lot of hope um, in that way as well. Not just the hope that came from her raising Jesus on earth and him, you know, being the Messiah and dying and raising again. That's obviously the greatest thing. But then also there's hope in the little things too of just seeing who she is and pondering on that in our own lives. So those are my two main hope type things. Do you have anything? You don't have to. I just didn't know. I mean, I was thinking while you were talking, but yeah. you hit most of what I would have said anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with <laughs> everything you said. <laughs> okay. It was good. Um, if one of your favorite verses, though, is Luke 1, verse 30, mm-hmm. one of mine is, where were we? Luke 2, where Mary pondered these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. 219. 219, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Because, I don't know, just like the fact that she took a moment to sit and to rest in the Lord and mm-hmm. to bask in this gift. Like, I don't know. And the fact that she just marveled at what the Lord has done, but internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you didn't read, like, her prayer of yeah. um, thanksgiving and worship and praise. But I just love that when she goes to see Elizabeth, um, mm-hmm. She spontaneously just, like, burst into a song mm-hmm. of praise to the Lord. And I don't know. I agree with you that Mary is just such a wonderful example of faithfulness and that she did hope in the Lord because mm-hmm. she faced such an impossible circumstance, right? Especially because she was a virgin and she was at risk of losing everything. Mm-hmm. And she could have been stoned. Yeah. Literally Oh yeah, killed for this. And... I don't know. She just trusted in the Lord, and she basically was like, whatever you say, God, I'm your servant. And she was young. Yeah. Like, she had not been on this earth for very long. And that shows that... And, oh, that also shows... Here you go. Thanks, Anna. (laughs) That shows hope for young people. Yeah. Like, not even just us, like, even younger. I'm a very big... um, I I very much push this 
um, before I even thought I would ever have kids. Like, I have always been someone who says, I don't care how old you are. Mm-hmm. You can do great things for God's kingdom or just great things. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are and how, or how young you are. Um, that book, Do Hard Things. Yeah. By Alex. Alex and, and something. Brent Harris. Harris. Yeah. Um, such a good book. If anyone looks that up, it's a very good book. Um, it is geared toward younger people, but mm-hmm. even if you're an adult, I think you should read it because it might open your eyes to some things. It's about doing hard things for God at a young age. Yeah. Um, and that's what Mary did. So, yeah. First Timothy 4.12, let no one despise your youth, but set, believe, set the believers as an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Yep. Yeah. And all you have to do is be like Mary in this way, in that you say, well, I'm your servant and whatever you say, I'm going to do. Okay, so I'm going to move on to Joseph. So Joseph listened to God and walked in obedience. So Joseph, this may sound silly to some people, but is he's not someone that I've pondered on much. Pondered. <laughs> but I think you used pondered. Sorry. It's the word of the day now. It's it a is. good word, though. It is. But I really have, like, I have to a little bit. Like, I have a little bit. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent, especially, like, Looking at him from the perspective of finding the hope that came from his obedience to God. Yeah. That kind of put a new light on things for me. So I had more on him than I did the others. Um, well, I guess I only had three passages, but I feel like it was just very eye-opening for me personally. It may not be a big deal to anyone else. But Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 24. Okay. So here we go. So I'm holding a baby and rocking him. So Anna's going to read this for me. <laughs> And then I will discuss what I'm going to discuss. So it's Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 24. Um, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this... Er, all this took place to fulfill. Wow, sorry. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Um, Matthew. The next one is Matthew chapter two, verses thirteen through fifteen. Um, which says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for those chi- search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Okay. And then the last one is Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, I'm butchering that, um, was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that was, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. So, 
this is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's just Joseph obeying God again and again and again. And if you see what all happens, I mean, well, first off, we see like in the very beginning before Jesus is even born, you know, because Joseph, well, like Anna mentioned earlier, Mary could have very well been stoned to death. Like if someone, if people saw her walking around, you know, um, with, you know, if, if people saw her walking around pregnant, knowing that she wasn't married, she shouldn't even be pregnant, like she should not, she, you know, she's supposed to be a virgin, you know, mm-hmm. like how dare she, like, first of all, that's, that's a big deal, you know, she could have literally died. And so if Joseph had not listened to God and obeyed him in that way, Mary would have died possibly, Yeah, you know? And Her life so, was literally on the line. Yeah. And so, even though it was the power of God and it was God um, really showing Joseph these things, um, the fact that Joseph was obedient, he was a part of saving Mary's life from that, mm-hmm. preventing that from happening. And um, anyway, so that's the first part. And then the fact that he had to just trust God that his wife didn't you know, cheat on him while, well, well, I guess they weren't technically married yet, but the fact that, that his, his betrothed, his betrothed did not know. cheat on him and have sex with someone else, you know, before they had even, you know, had sex as a married couple. Like that's a big deal that he just trusted God and trusted her in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I wonder if he really, if he ever had any doubts at first. Um, I mean, I know it doesn't yeah. say that, but, yeah. and I don't want to like put words or thoughts into people's heads or whatever it's just something that i've thought of like because knowing myself i i don't know that's i don't know just something i've thought of i wonder if he ever did have doubts or if he fully was just like no i trust god i trust you i think as time went on i'm sure he did he was like no no no, no, this is true like i believe you guys but i wonder if at first i was gonna say i feel like to hear that news initially when mary came to him and was like hey i'm pregnant yeah that had to have been hard hard in some way shocking i mean yeah any normal person would be like what right because this had never happened before, you know? Right. A virgin had never conceived before. No. Yeah. So, there's that, you know, just, those are, that's, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Both of those things that we just mentioned. But then you move on, and then after Jesus is born, you see Joseph listening to God and having to go to... Egypt? Is, is that right? My yeah. brain totally yeah. went blank for a second, and I didn't that's have okay. it pulled up. Joseph had yes, to flee Egypt. Egypt with Egypt. his family. Sorry. Well, yeah. almost said Nazareth, but he didn't that's go okay. to Nazareth first. Till later. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, then you see him listening to God and going to Egypt instead. And what came from the... Oh, sorry. I moved the mic. Um, and what came from that... Well, that's... Oh, my gosh. So many things. Like, Joseph's obedience literally prevented Jesus from dying more than once. Yeah. Like... Because if Mary was stoned to death, that would, you know, the prophecy would not be fulfilled. If, you know, they didn't flee to Egypt, then Jesus could have been killed with all the other little toddler boys and infant boys. And that's just sad to even think about. But, so I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> but, like, it's just, I don't know. Joseph just listened so well to God. And, you know, he couldn't go back home. The fact that he couldn't go back home right away and was there, you know, was not at home for a long time. Yeah. Like, that would suck. And that's way more, by the way, than, like, what most married couples have to face in no. the first couple months of marriage. In the first couple months of marriage. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, insane. even back then, times were harder than, like, now in a lot of ways, obviously. But even that is pretty extreme, in my yeah. opinion. Like, I mean, they went through so much. Just thinking about how seriously he took his vows to marry, too. You know, yeah. like he promised to take care of her. And yeah, that's just, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, 
then they flee to Egypt. And then he waits and just waits and waits and listens for God to tell him when to go back home. And, you know, then God told him, told him to go back home. So he did. But I don't know. It's just, so then they moved to Nazareth. Yeah. But, and that fulfills the prophecy too. So I'm not, I don't know. Here's the thing. There, this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it. There are so many people that say, well, what's going to happen? God's will is going to happen no matter what. The big picture, yes, God's will is going to happen. But if we are still not obedient to God, it's not going to happen the way that it would have. Right. Right. You know, like the end result might be the same. And I just wonder if Joseph and Mary had taken that free will and said, no, God, I don't want this. Like, I don't think they would have because God wouldn't have, God, God wouldn't have chosen God them in the first knew that place. They wouldn't, but yes. still, because they, you know, and that's why he part of the reason they chose him, I'm, or he chose them. I'm sure, but like just thinking about it, you know, there have been times where I've said no to God. Mm-hmm. I absolutely regret it every time, but I'm just thinking like with how weak I personally am, you know, without God. I mean, it's just crazy to think about it, you know. Yeah, just the what ifs. Um. But again, not that wouldn't happen because prophecy is prophecy. The Messiah is the Messiah. Salvation is salvation. God is God. And so obviously he knew what he was doing. It's just something that I've thought of on and off, you know? Right. Like all because they, you know, God obviously chose the right people to carry this out for him here on earth, but also they were obedient to him. Yeah. And a lot of hope came from that. And um, Joseph, I believe, is a good picture for men in a family. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to have self-control like he did um, when it comes to not being with his wife in such a personal way after they first got married. Because that's a big deal um, for so long and for the reason that he did. And also just... I was going to say, and it was important that the prophecy be fulfilled and that she was a virgin. Right. Exactly. And so then... And then also just leaving his family and making sure, you know... And also, like, traveling to Bethlehem with a nine-month pregnant mo- or woman... Um, carrying the Messiah, like, that's a lot of pressure also, first yeah. of all. Like, yeah. they didn't have cars back then. They didn't have planes. Like, they, he just had to lead his wife and hope for the best, you know? Um, we don't even know if they had a donkey or anything either. I mean, like, I think that's the traditional, you know, right, picture of Mary on that. the donkey. But, like, what if they didn't? What if, I mean, I'm sure they, what if they, just, walked? they just walked. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel like, and I almost said knowing Joseph, I didn't know Joseph, <laughs> but I'm sure like... Knowing my best friend yeah. Joseph. Well, thinking of like even my husband, I feel like he would just, if it were that time era, you know, he wouldn't want me to walk the whole way. So he no. would do his best to find something. Right, I'm not saying Joseph wasn't a good husband. No, 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 no. But gosh, I'm just Anna, you're put, gosh, no. But you never know. What if they had no access whatsoever? Right. You know? Anyway. So, there, I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts to that. So, a lot of hope, obviously, came from all of that. Um, and again, like, the big picture of, you know, Jesus, the whole reason he came to earth in the first place to save us and everything, but, and that comes from all of this, you know, that's the big picture, but then also the little things that come from it, the hope that it gives um, leaders in the household, you know, men, to really just be obedient to God and God and God's going right, to follow through with his promises. God's authority first and yeah. foremost yeah. to and his family. Right. Yeah. And it gives men hope to, that if they do that, God is going to really fulfill his promises for their family. And, you know, that's a big thing. Um, I don't know. So much comes from Joseph. I feel like that I've never really thought of. Yeah. And I really think, well, obviously, you know, God, you know, it says in Matthew, I believe, or was it Matthew? I think, or maybe it was Luke, when we were talking about Mary, 
it was Luke, sorry, um, and how she found favor with God. Well, obviously Joseph did too, mm-hmm. because it's a big role to yeah. be the man of a house. Yeah, and to be the man who raised Jesus. Jesus, yeah. yeah. And and obviously, like, Jesus didn't really need to be raised to a certain degree, but, right. like, when you're a baby, you do need to be taught things. So the fact that God the Father gave that role of earthly dad mm-hmm. to Jesus in that way is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so I think and that who, we should look at that. Go ahead. Sorry. Who brought up Jesus and who taught him his trade. Right. Right. And who yeah. just, I don't know. Yeah. Joseph was very special too. Yeah. So there's a lot of hope and things to ponder on with Joseph also. Um, little things that I just didn't think about before, you know. Okay. So the next part is the wise man or the wise man um, listening to God and watching obedience. So Matthew 2, 7 through 12, I believe, unless I typed it wrong. <laughs> Um, and it says, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained, okay, I always say that wrong, so I want to make sure, from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and, franken- gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Okay, so this is pretty given, you know, the, what I'm about to say, but Herod killed a bunch of baby boys because he felt threatened and his pride got in the way. Mm-hmm. And... That would have happened probably a lot sooner yeah. in the timeline, you know, here. Um, if the wise men did not listen to God in their dream and go a different way home. Because if they went back to tell Herod where baby Jesus was, yeah, he would have gotten there a lot sooner and killed baby Jesus. Yeah. You know? And because they listened and obeyed, they went a different way. Herod waited and waited and it caused time for joseph and mary to listen to god and have time to actually leave like that you know herod was awful he was prideful Mm -hmm. he was mean he was wicked (sighs) but they died in jesus's name yeah for our sakes and for jesus's sake and so hats off to them (laughs) even (laughs) though they had no idea what was going on because they were so little but um that's the hope that came from that but I always think about the wise men and how amazing it is that they saw this star, like, Mm. years before Jesus was born. Yeah. And they came from such a far off distance just to see the Messiah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a few examples in the Bible of people who, like, well, I mean, many examples of people who waited years and years for something, right? Like, the people as a whole waiting for the Messiah to come because it's been prophesied, you know, since the Old Testament times. Or um, Noah building his ark for 120 years, waiting for rain, being ridiculed every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know. It makes me think about what great hope these people had in anticipation of the Savior. And we can't even wait, you know, for little things day to day. And yeah, that's just very convicting to me. It is. I don't know. And on the flip side, well, not really on the flip side, just another perspective of that to look at is you were saying that the wise men went to the Messiah. 
but we're over here waiting, which is good. We do need to wait to a certain degree, but also, like, we're not pursuing him the way that the wise men did. Right. Like, we're barely, you know. For years, they actively searched for him right. and pursued him. And we're over here not even wanting to get off the couch to walk over to the counter and grab our Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Like, they met, they went more readily hundreds of miles than we do, like. A few feet. A few feet. Like, we can learn. And we also, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Right. Like, we can go to him at any time, at any time. Right. Moment. They didn't have access to the Holy Spirit like we do. Yeah. Now. And they were still pursuing God more than we do most yeah. of the time. And it's not even getting up and walking sometimes. Sometimes it's just laying your phone down or just stopping the book you're reading or whatever the heck you're doing and just mm-hmm. talking to God for a few minutes. Yeah. And, man, they really were wise men. Yeah. <laughs> like, legit. Yeah. So, and so much came, oh, so much came from that. Like, maybe even more came from that than I said, but the big picture to me was the delay in the timeline so that Jesus was not killed. Yeah. Like, honestly. So, and obviously, again, that wouldn't have happened because it's God and and prophecy and all that. I get it. But I'm just saying, well, God chose these people for a reason, you know, because he knew they would be obedient. They knew he would... You know, he or he knew that they were going to listen to him and listen for his voice in the first place. So, yeah. Um, So it's all God. But also these people did obey God to the point where and listen to him and for him to the point where God did choose them for a reason. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that. So the last one is the shepherds. Um, Well, Okay. And I have this one typed out for some reason. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12 and 15 through 16. I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So I almost didn't put the shepherds in here because at first, you can call me naive or ignorant or whatever. At first, I didn't see a lot of hope that came from them for all of the people. Mm -hmm. But then I did recognize something that I kind of mentioned with Mary and Joseph. And it was that that God, I believe maybe one of the reasons, or two two of the reasons actually, but one of the reasons is um, that he, he chose the shepherds. Because um, they weren't really high-ranking people in society. They were very lowly in a lot of ways. And so, and they had not the cleanest job and, you know, and all these things. And so it just shows that God doesn't really give a crap what your social (laughs) status is, you know? Like, he's going to use you because of who he made you to be and, and for his glory and... Yeah, so that's just point blank how it is. And so it just shows us hope that it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter if you're the richest woman in the world. It doesn't matter if you have 10 kids, zero kids. Like, it doesn't matter, um, you know, what your job is or what car you drive or how many friends you have. It doesn't matter. Like, nothing, none of that matters. 
He's going to use whatever you do, wherever you are, whoever you have in your life. Yeah. Um, for his glory. And it doesn't matter, you know, um, what, what's going on, what your social status is or what it lacks, you know, anyway, so there's that. But then also this isn't necessarily the, well, I guess there could be a, well, Hey, there is a little (laughs) bit of hope here. Okay. There is a little bit of hope here. So I was going to say the other part of it is God is known as our, our shepherd. We are his sheep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay and um <laughs> if you weren't gonna go there i was so oh, okay yeah well yeah that was the other thing um and the hope in that is that we we see the significance in that and that god is our shepherd yeah and that's a lot of hope for us because we need that i i saw this morning on instagram i was on the ministry page mm-hmm. i think i put it on the the page like on our story on instagram and it was this guy, and he was on this farm. He worked on the farm or lived there or something. And he had a little baby sheep, and it was just following him around. And he he's a Christian, and he was talking about how, um, you know, sheep are dumb, but, you mm-hmm. know, watch this. And he would go back and forth, just start moving around, and the sheep would just follow him. Oh, yeah. And he was like, and that's what needs to happen, guys. Like, yeah, we're dumb without God, but that's why we need him. And we need to follow him, just like this baby sheep is following me everywhere I go, so that I can guide it. Yeah. And I was like... A freaking men. <laughs> like, so true. Anyway, do you have any thoughts? Or do you want to move on to yours? Oh, and my bonus is Christ listened to the Father and walked in obedience to him. And we all see how that turned out. So that's great. And we us. all see how that turned yeah. out. Um, so anyway, um, there's that. But we've talked about that a lot on this podcast just through our other discussions. Yeah. So no need to go into that for right now. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm glad you went first. Because... Okay. Um, I really, when doing, writing out my thoughts, focused on, um, we just saw through Sarah's spiel, <laughs> I don't know what to say, um, or I guess heard, um, about all the hope that these people had and all the hope that's in the story of Christ first coming. It's not a story, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, like, my main point was that, like, as Christians, we should be filled to the brim with hope as we look back at Christ's first coming and look forward to his second one. Mm, That's Um, a good one. So, the God that we serve is so intentional that he gave his people hope through his word hundreds and even thousands of years before they were... And that's just what I was struck by, is how intentional God is in, in that he gave them the prophecies, um... And spoke through the prophets to tell the world of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Like for hundreds of years, Jesus's birth was foretold. Yeah. And so as a result, um, it caused many people to look for signs of his coming. And so they prepared their hearts and minds to make way for him. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about living hundreds of years before the Messiah, but knowing that he was coming one day and looking for the signs of his coming. Um and in the same way, we need to be preparing our hearts for him now. So if we don't stop to acknowledge the great hope that we have as, as believers, we don't have the same longing for Christ's arrival. So if we don't stop and we think about, I think it's really easy to treat the Christmas story as kind of this thing that we've heard over and over again, because a lot of us know it if we grew up in church or whatever, know it like the back of our hand, or even if you didn't. But man, guys, there's, there is so much hope that's in there. Um, that the fact that Jesus like looked on us and had compassion on us Mm -hmm. and came down as a humble little baby 
and was born in a stable when he was a king and should have been born in a palace or the best one that this world had to offer. Mm -hmm. But instead he came down and was born in a stable and he grew up as a humble carpenter. I mean, seriously, it's, it's insane. So, um, hope is described as a feeling of, of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And so these people looked at the, the, People in the Old Testament looked at Christ's coming with such anticipation and expectation. Um, and so Advent really is supposed to be a time of preparing your hearts and just looking with expectation. Looking back at the hope we have from his first coming, him living his life for us, dying for us, rising again for us. We need to then be preparing the way for him as we should for his second coming. Um, the birth of or in Christ, hope is a word of surety. It is expecting God to keep his promises with confidence. So we're never hopeless because God is in control, good or bad, whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the way that these people, Mary and Joseph and the servants and the servants and the shepherds, shepherds. and the wise yeah. men, um, trusted in God and that he was in control. They hoped in God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so... I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I'm all over the place. No, I don't think you are. I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> so the evil and icky things of this world are nothing in comparison to the glory that's coming for us, right? That we can prepare for Christ's second coming. And as Christians, there's um, hope for us too. And so um, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, which says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so I know it can be really easy for us. I feel like um, our, we're so short-sighted in our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. But I, I just encourage you guys, especially this month and all throughout the rest of next year, to just really focus on the hope that we have in Christ and to not treat this story as something that's, um, it's not just a story. Like mm -hmm. this is literally the Messiah coming. These people, the Israelites waited in anticipation for the Messiah to come. Um, the wise men prepared the way for his birth, like by, um, they followed, oh my gosh, I need to start over. The wise men, um, followed the star to the place of his birth and to come to worship him. And they waited in anticipation Mary waited in hopeful anticipation. Elizabeth, we didn't talk about her, but when mm -hmm. Mary went and visited her, John the Baptist literally jumped in her womb. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just the joy and excitement that surrounds this. And then the fact that Jesus is coming back again for us mm -hmm. at the end of time. And so I think it can be so easy to get bogged down by all the crappy things of this world. I mean, this world is so icky and evil and there's temptation to every corner and um, the economy, it seems, is getting worse day by day. There's wars and things going on everywhere. But God's in control, and we can take hope in that. So because we have this hope, we can be very bold in sharing the gospel and in furthering the kingdom of God so that he may receive all the glory and honor he deserves. This is the God who was, from the beginning, just very intentional in his plan and his purpose to redeem us to himself. Um, he always had a plan in mind. As soon as Mary, before you, Mary and Adam even, Mary and Adam, <laughs> <laughs> slums in the fairy. Close and enough. I'm also like transposing Mary 
Oh my gosh. Before Adam and Eve even sinned, before he set up the beginning, the foundations of the world, he had a plan in mind to redeem us to himself because he knew it would happen. And that's just crazy Then thinking about how big God is and how in control and how sovereign he is. And that if we suffer with him, if we enter into ministry with him, if we hope in him, the glory that we're going to get to experience one day is not even comparable to the sufferings of this world. And so I just know that I can take hope in that every day. And I hope that you guys can too. Oh, and then one more thing I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to say is um, Isaiah 9. Or what does it talk about? Hang on. Let me make sure I have the right reference. It would be embarrassing if I did. Well, I mean, we talked about it when the angel came to Mary and to Joseph um, in the dream. They talked about how his name would be called, called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we also have the hope in our day-to-day lives that God is with us in every single thing that we go through, mm-hmm. right? God's not just God. He's not just God with us in the big things. He's God with us in the very little mundane things of our everyday lives. So he's God with you on your drive to work. And he's God with you when you're dealing with your mean coworkers. And he's God with you, um, whatever you're doing when you're laying down to sleep yeah. or you're interacting with people in your day-to-day life. And then obviously he's also God with you in the big things. And so I just pray that you guys will remember that he's with you and everything. And that, yeah, you'll take hope in that. Okay, that's it. (laughs) That was good. Okay, so now we're going to read our questions. So I asked four people, not expecting them all to reply about this, but they all did. So... And Anna, you have one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll do, I guess I can do a couple, then you can do yours, then I'll finish off yep. mine, and that way it's kind of split. Okay, so we asked people um, about hope, and we had two questions. The first question was, what does hope mean to you? And that's just a generic, like, what does hope mean to you in general? And then after they answered that, we asked them, what does hope mean to you when thinking about the birth of Jesus? And so... Um, I'm not going to say who my people are. I told them I would not. But um, so my first person, I asked, what does hope mean to you? And they said, my hope is in Jesus, meaning because of my faith in him, I have hope, which means expectations or desires of spending eternity with him. I personally like that they put in here um, that their hope is expectation slash desire. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not just I'm expecting something, which is what it is, but it's also that's what brings their desire yeah. to be with him even more and to spend eternity with him is because they have so much hope in him. Yeah. Um, and then when I asked them, what does hope mean to you when thinking about the birth of Jesus? Um, they said, because of his birth and death on the cross, we have that hope for eternal salvation. Without his birth and living on this earth, how would he have sacrificed himself on the cross in the first place? So, I mean, it just kind of wraps up what we said, what we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. all the hope that came from this, the big picture. Okay, and then my next person. So, what does hope mean to you? They said, okay. Hope is usually associated as a wish or desire for something in the future. I always thought of hope as a kind of assurance or guarantee that everything in the future is already decided and complete. It gives me a reason to keep going and know that ultimately everything will work out. That's a good point. Um, And then when I asked them what it means to them when thinking about Jesus' birth. (laughs) Sorry. Um, There's a kid outside crying if you guys can hear that. Um, When referring to Jesus' birth, they said... 
It's kind of the same answer, but with the added note that the reason we have that assurance and guarantee is because God gave of gave himself and became flesh. He knew that was our only hope for reconciliation. So the one I have is um, I asked, I'll, I'll just tell y'all it was Connie Hutchinson, my beautiful mother. <laughs> so if you disagree with her, you know who it is. <laughs> um, but I first asked her what hope, what, what hope meant to her. And then she quoted Emily Dickinson, hmm. which is hope is, she was joking. Hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. <laughs> I told her, thank you, Miss Dickinson. But then she answered for real. Okay. I thought you were saying that was no, the real answer. No, first. she was, was like, being silly. interesting. I just want y'all to know how funny my mom is. Mm-hmm. And then she said, hope in a worldly context is wishing earnestly that something would happen. Um, and then I quoted her when I was giving my little devotional. So the words, some of the words I used earlier were hers. Um, thank you, mom. Um, in Christ, plagiarism. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I cited her. In Christ, hope is a word of surety. It is expecting God to keep His promises with confidence. Christians are never hopeless. She capitalized the less um, because God is in control, good or bad situations. And then I asked her what hope meant to her when thinking about the birth of Christ, and she said, "The birth of Christ fulfills God's promise. It seals our hope of heaven when we believe that Jesus came to save us from our sins, so we can spend eternity with Him. And not only that." It gives us hope for daily life through his teachings and example. Mm. Wow. That's what we talked about earlier, too. Man, I kind of, I didn't mean to steal everything from my mom. It's fine. We all know. <laughs> She's wiser than me. Okay. So, I have two more people. So, what does hope mean to you? This person said that I am kept safely and confidently in the Lord's hands. Just like I trust a bridge or chair to hold me up without even thinking, I should have that hope in him. Trials, conflict, changes in life are okay. He is faithful and he will con- and he will complete what he has begun. His promises will stay true to the end. It makes me think of Hebrews 6:19 which says, which hope we have, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul but both sure and steadfast. Hmm. I love it whenever the example of sitting on a chair is used when it comes to trust, mm-hmm. like trust in God because I've seen that analogy a few times over the years just growing up. And it's one that has all like it stood out to me more than almost any other analogy. Yeah. For some reason. And so I liked that she used that. <laughs> anyway, but I just like that. Just like I trust a bridge or a chair to hold me up without even thinking I should have that hope in him. Like it should just be that easy. Yeah. Because when I sit down on my couch right here, I'm not gonna be afraid that it's gonna fall through. Yeah. You know. Or whenever I You just plop down on yeah. it and I will say there are times when I do get nervous on bridges. But in general, I don't get that nervous. Don't we all? Yeah. Depends on how rickety the bridge is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. I just like that she used those analogies because it's so true. It should just be that easy for us to just trust in God and have hope in him because he is God. Mm-hmm. And his promises will come true because he is God. So when thinking of the birth of Jesus, she said, Jesus is our birth of hope. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jesus is our birth of hope. It is my everyday reminder that everything we do is to his glory. When anxiety seems to take over my mind and there's just constant and despair in this world, I can rest in knowledge. Or, sorry. And there's just constant despair in this world. I can rest in knowing he is there for me. Yeah. Okay. So then my last person. <clears throat> I adore this person to pieces. She's, the, like, one of the greatest humans ever. Um, Sarah, it's not me. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Knock your pride down, Anna. Jeez. Um, I also adore that person. Yeah. Okay, so what does hope mean to you? She said, 
Hope is what holds me together when I am sad or wondering about my future. My hope first is Hebrews 6.19. I prefer the King James Version. (laughs) Hope is the anchor for my soul. And notice the last person mentioned this verse also. Um, Okay, she said, Jesus Christ holds me and our Heavenly Father holds us both. Because of our hope, I will see Jesus, my Savior, in every sense of the word, and I will see my son again. Hmm. And then she didn't answer the second part about Jesus' birth, but she's very busy. She has a strict schedule with her job. But um, anyway, so those are just some things to ponder on. We didn't really have a plan other than just to read them no. because, I don't know, hmm. it's just nice to hear other people's opinions, not just ours sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and if you guys have anything on hope that you want to share, you're welcome to message us through Instagram or on our contact page on our website. I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling very grateful for the hope I have in Jesus right now. I am too, and I feel a little convicted. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy to me that, like, he loves us as much as he does, Mm -hmm. and that he has such compassion on us. Like, that's insane. And it really is about bringing glory to him in the end. Like, it's not even about us to a certain degree. But, like, the fact that he still loves us so much that he wants us to be a part of his plan. Right. And wants to show his glory to us. Right. More than all other creation. It's a pretty big deal. It is. So, I think that, including myself, we should pursue him just for the sake of his glory. Right. Because he's doing all of this. And we're that important. To bring glory to him. Right. And why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Right. I mean, because of Mary and Joseph, like these simple people, young people, hope was brought to the whole world. I don't know. That's just, it gives you a whole different perspective, or at least it does me. Yeah. I think we're all done. I hope you guys have a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, join us next week for our next episode on the advent which Uh, is peace peace got peace not forever um all right sounds good